Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT pulpit. My baby has a message for the church this morning. Did you know that when Jesus died on the cross, all of our sins got stuck on him, and then they put him in the tube because our sins, because he died because for us so we wouldn't have to. And the church said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, was, I was a little concerned. She came to me this morning as I was worshiping and said, Daddy, I have an, I have an announcement for the church. I said, well, <laughs> automatically my default set was, well, YK Sunday is next month. And the uh, Holy Spirit said, listen to what she has to say. And I said, well, what is it that you want to say? And she told me. I said, okay, well, let's see if we can work something out. <laughs> God reminded me that we are in our mission series where we are raising believers and releasing leaders. And no matter how old or how young they are, let me tell you something, when God has put a word in our mouth. We need to listen to what it is that God is saying to us, his people. Amen? Amen. So let's give one more time, give God some praise for just for being God, just for being God. Thank God for our musicians. Thank God for our worship team and all of our, all of our people who are serving here. I, I'm thankful. Uh, today is our last Sunday over here. We'll be going back into the sanctuary. Y'all are really excited. Y'all, y'all like it up here? I, I, like, I, I don't mind it being up here. But let me just say something. Uh, when we go back, we're not going to go back with the same mentality that we had when we came, up, when we came over here. Listen, uh, um, I, have, I have found out that y'all don't mind sitting together. So, so when we go back over there, don't, don't, don't be sitting in the back corner. You know, all isolated to yourself, you know. We're going to come together and worship God together. Amen? Amen. God is, God is doing some awesome things. I want to thank God just for, just for everything that he is doing. And uh, we have so many, so many wonderful things that are just on the horizon. I'm just excited. Uh, we've, Courtney and I have already started planning our trunk or treat. Our trunk will be the best uh, spot in the parking lot. And so uh, if, if, you, if you have not signed up and registered for, to participate in the trunk or treat, uh, like Brother Jefferson said, clean out that trunk. Clean out that trunk. Get all that stuff, get all that junk out your trunk. And, uh, and, 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 and let's do something amazing. If you need some ideas, uh, I won't tell you where I got my, got my ideas from, but I'll tell you, you can go to Pinterest, and they got a bunch of ideas on Pinterest for you to decorate your truck. Are the Sharps here? Because they got that big 15-passenger van. Y'all can do a whole haunted house right in your, you know, invite the kids to come right on in the back and out the side. You got a whole lot of things that you can do with that. So get creative. Get creative. God gave us creativity. Amen. I mean, God created man, but we're going to create the rest. And so uh, that's what we're going to do for uh, our, big, our, our big night of fun. It's going to be great. Listen, open up your Bibles and just kind of put your finger on Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. We are in the third week of our mission series. And this has been an exciting series, I'm telling you, because I believe it's been even transformational uh, for us as a church. And I received so many phone calls and emails and text messages uh, of people that have been impacted uh, by, by this series and excited about what is ahead for us as a church. Let me just tell you something. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I think about reaching more people for Jesus Christ. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. But I get excited when I think about reaching more people for Jesus Christ. I get excited when I think about the fact that people are going to encounter the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ through us. I get excited when I think about a church, this church, functioning on every level for the glory of God. I get excited when I think about the fact that this place being a place for every race, every color, every generation, every background, worshiping one God who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Is there anybody else in this place that's excited like I am about what God is doing? I'm even more excited about the fact that we that God could have chosen anyone, but he saw fit to choose us to carry out his great will and commission. I get excited when I think about sinners walking in this place one way, but leaving it a completely different way. I get excited about us growing and maturing and reaching and raising body of believers. I get excited when I think about knowing that God is preparing us for what he has prepared for us, and he's getting ready to release us into greater areas of service. Come on and put your hands together in this place if you're excited. Now, let's just kind of review where we've been and what we've been tracking through this time period, which has been so important. The vision of Revival Tabernacle, the vision of Revival Tabernacle. Go ahead and bring that up, Daniel, on the screen. We've said it before, and we'll just continue saying it just so we can continue laying it in your hearts so that you can have it in your hearts, have it in your mind, have it in your spirit, that through our multicultural, multigenerational approach. Let me tell you something. It is a beautiful thing when brothers and sisters can come together in unity and worship the King of Kings. I mean, especially in a, in a world where there's so much divide going on, when you can come into a place and you can see not just young people but old people, not just old people but also young people and everything in between worshiping the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. But through our multicultural and multigenerational approach through, uh, of God, to God's word, worship, and relationships, Revival Tabernacle will touch and transform millions of lives with the unwavering, unconditional. Somebody say unconditional because that's what his love is, love of Jesus Christ. Now, how are we going to get here? It's a very simple process. We, we've simplified it. We've made it simple. Go to the mission. Our mission is simply this. Come on, say it with me. Reach sinners. Raise believers. Release leaders. Come on, say it one more time. Reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Come on, one more time. Reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Now, during week one, we really uh, uh, dived and took an in-depth look at the vision about how there is a great need right here in southeastern Michigan. We talked about the fact that there were over 5.5 million people in southeastern Michigan alone. And about 20% of that 5.5 million people uh, go to church regularly. But about half of that 20% actually believe and, and, and profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So when you have a, 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 a big gap like this, we recognize that, there, that though the church has made significant advancements for the kingdom of God, there is still more work that needs to be done. Do I have anybody that knows what I'm talking about? We don't have a sin deficiency problem in this country. We don't have a sin deficiency problem in this state. We don't have a sin deficiency problem in this city. Let me tell you something. There is still more work that needs to be done, and I believe that God is calling for us, Revival Tabernacle, to stop just coming to church but start being the church and be active on the pursuit of what God wants to do, not just for our lives but through our lives. Can I get somebody to shout hallelujah? So we talked about the fact that God wants to use us in this day and age, and we, and we specifically spent week one talking about that first aspect, about reaching sinners. We talked about how the only, this is the only motivation of God. It is his passion. Souls are his passion. He came, he, the word of God says in the book of Luke chapter 9, he came that he would seek and to save what? The lost. And so we have a responsibility as ambassadors for Christ to carry out his great commission. He's committed to mankind. Therefore, we should be committed to mankind. God is committed to people. 
Therefore, we should be committed to people. We can't just stay in our own little in our own little quarters and just be committed and worry about me, myself, and I. Let me tell you something. The devil always wants you to think about yourself. But the moment you start taking it and thinking about someone else, now you're on the right side. Now you're on the right track. You are on the things that God wants you to do. So we talked about how we must align ourselves and our personal mission with God's mission. And when we include soul winning as a part of our everyday agenda, then we will see God back us up in everything that we do. We talked very specifically about the, about the importance of the fact that we can't just be so concerned and asking God to bless what it is that we're doing, but we need to ask God to allow us to do what he's already blessed. And he's already blessed his plan for salvation. How do we know that? Because the Bible says it like this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that whoever believes in him won't even perish, but they'll have and be welcomed into everlasting life. How exciting is that? How exciting is that? If you haven't already done it, I encourage you to to adjust your life to make it be more about winning souls. The Bible says like this, he that win of souls is, is wise. And when you understand who you are and whose you are, purpose in life is so much more fulfilling. Life works when you do it God's way. Let me say that again. Life works when you do it God's way. Stop trying to figure this thing out like, you know, you're trying to, trying to work. Let me tell you something. God has already figured it out. He's already laid the foundation for us. All we have to do is walk there in it. Then during part two, we discussed about the second part of the mission, which is to raise believers, raise believers. And we talked about how if we we as a church are going to be committed to raising and maturing you uh, as believers, then the first as individuals, we must be committed to growth. And how many people know that it's a tough thing to be committed to growth? See, because, see, growth is something that is already inevitably going, uh, or, or let me say this, change is something that's already inevitably going to happen. Whether you know it or not, you're going to change. You are changing right now. Uh, breaking news, uh, who you were and how you looked five years ago is not how you look right now. And some of us are happy with how we have changed. And some of us are not so pleased with how we have changed. You know, when we take them selfies, we make sure we get that right angle. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You know, oh, well, no, we got to take that over because, see, that shows my, my neck fat, you know. Change is inevitable, but growth is an option. You're going to change. You're going to, things will change. But are you going to grow in the midst of your change? See, I've said it so many times. It's not what happens to you, but it's how you deal with what happens to you. I'm in a season in my life where I'm telling you, I mean, I've preached it, I've taught it, but now the rubber, like my dad always says, is meeting the road. I've got to choose whether or not to believe and to apply what it is that I'm in, or am I just going to let this thing just be theory? We got to move from principle to practice. So what has God taught us? What is, how has God raised us? How is the Lord maturing us? These are the things that we have to put into practice every single day of our life. And it takes a conscious effort. It takes a conscious effort. This thing does not happen just by happenstance. It happens by deliberate uh, 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 application of God's word to our lives. And we told you that if you're committed to growth, we'll be committed to raising. And then we're providing various avenues, anointed preaching on Sunday mornings, prepared midweek Bible study as we do our Wednesdays Wednesdays in the Word. Life groups. We talked about life groups or and then growth tracks. But life groups are so important because God never intended for us to do life by ourselves. We blow it when we are left by ourselves. See, and, see, and see, the devil wants you to be by yourself. The devil wants you to be isolated. And, you know, I just want to stay over here in this little corner by myself. Don't nobody, I ain't going to mess with nobody. And I don't want nobody to mess with me. 
That, that's the mentality that the enemy wants you to embrace. But see, growth happens when you choose to do life with someone else. When you say, you know what, I need to link up with that brother over there because he has the same mindset. He's going in the same direction that I'm trying to go, and I know it's better when we do it together. And so today, here we are in the last and final part that we're going to spend a little bit of time today talking about this final part of the mission, week three, about releasing leaders. Somebody say that with me, releasing leaders. Releasing leaders into acts of service is mission critical. Somebody say mission critical. In other words, this, I mean, every part is very, very important, but this part is very, very critical. It's very, very critical. It's mission critical because, uh, and, and, and let me tell you why, because growth and development of the church will only happen, and, or, or let me say it this way, the ability for a team or organization to increase its capacity is vital to its growth and stability. There are many examples of this concept in play in the world, but I would like to lean and just draw for, for, for the next few moments from the example of probably the greatest leader to ever walk the face of this earth, Jesus Christ. And I think there are some very specific things that we can learn from the life of Jesus to apply in our lives today when we really want to say, I want to be the best, the best version of me that I can possibly be. I want to be, because see, I believe this, I believe that everybody has the latent potential to be a leader. You just need to wake it up. And so that's what I'm here to do today. Today, I'm going to wake it up on the inside of you because we have to get to a place where everyone is operating at, its, at their optimum level of capacity. Because, see, I can't do this by myself. Me and Pastor Eli, we can't do this alone. Me and Pastor Ken, all the other ministers and leaders, we can't do this alone. It's going to take everyone in this place recognizing and embracing this thing as their own vision and mission and personal mandate. And it is only then and only then when we get to that place when we'll be able to see and achieve what it is that God wants us to do. So let's look at, let's look at Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through chapter 10, verse 5. We're going to run all the way through from verse chapter 9 right into uh, chapter 10 because, see, when the Bible is written, chapters and everything. It wasn't broken up like that. So really, when most times we stop at something, we miss the conclusion of the whole matter because we don't follow through into the next chapter. So let's look at this. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, watch this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Flip the screen. Daniel, one more time. Are we, did we get stuck? I'll go right to it. Okay, no problem. Oh, there we go. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the, the I'm sorry, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Isn't it funny how even... Every time you do something wrong, it's going to be, sometimes it's going to just follow you all the days of your life. Who betrayed him? These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions, and that's where we're going to stop. What we want to deal here with for the next few moments is how to release the leader within. Say that with me, how to release the leader within. 
Come on, say it one more time. How to release the leader within. You know, I came across this image online. Go to the next slide real quick, Daniel. Came across this image online. It's, it's of a little minion. And, uh, oh, I, it's not in there? Oh, here it is. Uh, I, I, I thought this really drives home my point. It says, when you ask me what I'm doing today and I say nothing, it does not mean I'm free. It means I'm doing nothing. And see, a lot of times, a lot of times, I think uh, many of us as Christians fall into this category. How many people would be honest enough and say, you know, sometimes you just don't want to do nothing? See, all y'all who raised your hand, thank you for being honest. And all y'all who got your hand down, see me at the altar at the end of service because we want to pray that lying spirit up off of you. I mean, come on, Liz. I mean, if we would just be honest about it, we some, there are times when we just don't want to do anything. We don't have uh, we don't have we don't have plans of doing anything except for nothing. We like doing nothing. When someone tries to get me to do something, we get mad and irritated and aggravated and frustrated. We rather be left alone by ourselves to ourselves, but then get mad when there's nothing to do or when nothing is getting done. And some of you complain because you say you don't want or you don't know what God wants you to do. Well, I got some advice for you. Start saying yes to everything. When you really want to know what it is that God has for you to do or what it is, the, the, the will of God for your life, it, you're not going to find it out by doing nothing. You find it out by getting active and involved in things. So let me tell you the first point that we're going to lift up here. Daniel, go back because I, I went ahead of myself. You were right on. But the first point in terms of, 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 of releasing the leader within you is get active in service. Get active in service. Look back down at the scripture here. Verse, verse 35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages. In other words, Jesus was not just uh, taking a back seat very laxed attitude and approach to what it is that he was supposed to be doing. No, he got active. He saw that there was a need, and he began doing what he needed to do about what it is that he saw. See, let me say this while I'm at it. If you're not helping to make it right, then stop complaining about it being wrong. Because we got too many people in our life around us that all they want to do is just point out everything that's wrong with stuff. Now, why they do that? Why they choose that color? Why they doing it this way? How come it's not that way? How come we aren't doing this? How come we aren't doing that? Let me tell you something. Stop talking about the problem, and if you see something, why don't you say, hey, you know what? I see something that I can potentially help with. Let me get involved and active in doing it. We will never get anywhere if we don't if we don't move from this state of complacency to a state of being a problem solver, not a problem identifier, get active in service. Be like Jesus. Don't just sit there. Do something. Get going. Don't wait for the church to start a ministry so that you can be active in that particular ministry. Hey, listen, you start doing it. I know y'all ain't going to like me today, but that's all right. Stop worrying about if you're going to do something wrong or mess something up. Let me tell you something. You can't break the church. <laughs> you can't break this. Why? Because this is Jesus' thing. This is not our thing. This is his thing. And he's not going to let you mess it up. Now, you may mess up. But, 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 but your mess up is not going to affect the whole sum total and you're going to bring the whole church down. Start getting involved. And let me tell you something. Every time you take a step, God will begin showing you a little bit more wisdom, giving you a little bit more insight, giving you a little bit more instruction and guidance into what it is that you ought to be doing and how he wants you to get it done. Well, I can't do that because I, I don't have it. Let me tell you something. Find what in, what in Google it. <laughs> Pray. Okay, let, let me back up. Pray. <laughs> 
Pray. I mean, the Bible says this, and we've been talking about this on our Wednesdays in the Word. The Bible says it like this. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask what? Ask who? The Father who gives it freely. And he doesn't judge you when you ask for it. Oh, y'all know there are some people in your life that, you know, you're in need. And you say, hey, let me hold $100. And then they say, what you need it for? Wait a minute, hold on. I, don't, I, I didn't ask for a counseling session. I just said, let me borrow 100 <laughs> God is not like that. God says, when you ask me, if it's what you need, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. Freely I'll give it. Watch this. Just get going. Let me tell you point number two about releasing the leader within you. Point number two is this. Observe and understand the reality of human conditions. Observe and understand. Daniel, observe and understand the reality of human conditions. Look at verse 36. He says, he says here, in verse 36, but when he saw the multitude, when he saw the multitude, see, I have to believe that when Jesus saw the crowd, he saw more than just a lot of people. When Jesus saw the crowd that was there, the crowd of people, I, I have to believe that he saw more than just a whole lot of people there. I believe that he saw people dealing with a lot of issues kind of like it is today. I mean, if Jesus were here today, I think this text was being written, I believe that he would say, uh, but when he saw the poverty, or when he saw the mass hunger, or when he saw the injustice, when he saw the riots, when he saw the lack of care of human life, when he saw the discrimination against classes or races of people, I believe that Jesus would say he would be moved with compassion to do something about it. And if you look at what's going on today, it doesn't, and, 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 and let me tell you something, if you look at what's happening today, and if it doesn't touch you to your core, let me tell you something, something is wrong. Something's wrong. Because we have a real, in, a, a, a real problem in this, in this country right now. And the biggest part of the problem is no one wants to sit at the table and talk to one another to understand what, what each other is going through. That's the biggest problem. We have to be able to observe and to understand the human condition. Let me tell you something. I know there, there may be some crooked ones out there, but every cop is not a bad cop. Let me say this. I know there may be some crooked ones out there, but every black person is not a, black, is not a bad person. And it can go for every single race. Every white person is not racist. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. But we need to have real conversations about this. Or else we're going to keep going around and around in circles dealing with the same issues that we dealt with 40 years ago. And here we are in a brand new, uh, a brand new millennium. <laughs> and we're dealing with the same thing. We're dealing with the same thing. We have to be able to observe and understand the reality of human situations and conditions. Because Jesus did. How do you know it? Well, let's go back and look at verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Look at this. Let me give you the third point. That we need to, what we need to do to allow the leader to be released in us. I'm going to tell you this. Allow God to burden you with a specific need. Allow God to burden you with a specific need. Are y'all hear what I'm saying here? Listen, everything is not going to touch and affect you the same way. But something ought to strike a chord. Something ought to strike a chord. Maybe it will be because of something that you've been through personally. And maybe it's something that it's because of something that uh, a child or a loved one has gone through. Maybe it's something that a parent has gone through. But you can't be the champion or hero to every cause. 
but you have to allow God to burden your heart with with a specific thing that needs your attention. There's something that's very specific that God is trying to get your attention about. Is there a cause worth fighting for? Is there a cause worth standing for? Let me tell you something. When we can sit around and we can look at at our babies in this world not having food, we don't even have to look at the world. We can just look right here in the country. Let me tell you something. That should bother you. When we can look and see our young teenage girls being involved and trapped in sex trafficking, that should bother you. When we can look and see uh, uh, so many things, I mean, I mean, just this week it just broke it broke my heart to to hear about to hear about this father, this I'm sorry, this 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 producer of life, uh, because I don't, I just don't believe that any father would be able to put their children in a vehicle and allow them to die from poisonous inhalement and then and then and then capital punishment now kill stepchildren and then and with intent to kill his own wife how could this happen let me tell you something that should bother you and whether you know it or not you are living next to people that are dealing with some of the same issues that are just one situation away from it happening in your neighborhood. One life decision away from it happening across from your house. Or let it be your coworker. Or let it be your children's uh, uh, student or friend in school. And, and when this happens, then we wonder, well, I wonder if they knew the Lord. Well, did you open up your mouth and say something? When you ask God, God, break my heart for the things that break your heart. Allow me to be burdened by the things that that burden you. I believe that he'll put that burden on you. And not only put the burden on you, but I think that when he puts burdens on certain people, it's because they have some type of wherewithal to make something happen or to change something about that particular situation. There's something about the fact that it breaks your heart when we see childhood obesity. There's something about it that, that I mean, for you personally, when, when you have to witness someone go through uh, domestic violence and abuse, maybe that's, an, that, maybe that's an indication that God wants you to do something about it. And so you can't get so scared and afraid because you think, man, this is just a big issue. How can I affect change on this? Let me tell you something. It wasn't this big of a problem so many years ago, and it's not going to change overnight. It's going to take every little person, every single person doing his or her part to bring about a change. Let me give you another reason of how to release the leader within you. I think, I think that we should ask what is the issue to be resolved? Let's look at verse 37. The, the Bible says this. He, Jesus said, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. See, this is so important because sometimes we think we know the real problem. But what we're really seeing is the symptom or the byproduct of a bigger issue. Let me see if I can say it this way. You think the issue is a bad headache, but the real issue is they hungry. 
And we go trying to solve the headache issue. And we're missing the real issue, which is they need something to eat. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying? Uh, 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 we think... We think the issue is them mishandling their finances. But the real issue, or we think the issue is they don't have enough money coming in. But the real issue is they got this freeloading, no working, no good man living up in their house, eating all their food and then gambling away everything else that's left over. And then you go and help them with more money, but see, more money isn't really the problem. They need to get that joke up out the house and start dealing with the root issue of a thing. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, see, see so many times we start, we start dealing with what it is that we see, but that's not really the issue. We start dealing with the fruit of the matter, but we ain't dealing with the root of the matter. We got to get down to what is really the issue of what God is really trying to get them through. You see, we get so blindsided by the byproduct of the, of the issue uh, that we're missing the root cause of the issue. And this is where I feel even churches, even churches in America uh, miss it. A lot of churches think that the answer is a bigger church. We got to build a bigger church. We got to build a bigger, I mean, you know, the harvest is plentiful. We got to build a bigger church. Or buying more property, buying more land, or just doing all these different things. And that's not the thing. We even miss it. Watch this. Because I'm going to show you something that, that, that the Holy Spirit showed me uh, just, just, just two days ago as I was preparing for this. I think we even miss it by thinking that the resolve is more people. Well, we need to ask God to send, more, send in more laborers. And that's not what Jesus said. Watch this. Let's go back. Let's go back and look at it. Verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Watch this. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Uh, see, when I would read this, or when we would hear this growing up, you can hold on to it. When I hear this growing up, we would always say, well, Lord, you know, bring in the laborers. <laughs> Am I alone? Anybody else? Okay. Lord, bring in the laborers. We need more laborers, Lord. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in. And, and Jesus never said, pray that God would send in more laborers. He said, I mean, if y'all would just read the Bible, it's right there. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not making this stuff up. He says, pray, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That got me to thinking. I said, well, if he's saying for us to pray that the laborers are sent out, then that must mean that the laborers are already in. Let me bring this on home for this side because y'all still looking at what? Okay, all right. So he didn't say pray that the Lord would send in more laborers. He said pray to the Lord of the harvest that the laborers would be sent out. See, in other words, Jesus, see, the disciples were dealing with Jesus as disciples. But he was trying to talk to them as laborers. See, we have to transition our mind from always being consumers. I just want to just come in, get my word, and then be on my way. You know, no, 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 no. We have to stop with the mentality of always being inside and realize that Jesus is saying, it's time for you. You've been around me long enough. You smelled me long enough. You've heard me long enough. You know what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Now it's time for you to transform your mindset from a disciple to a doer, to a worker, to a laborer. He never said, pray that God would send more laborers in. Because, and let me tell you why. Because, because what, where God has planted us, we have the resources.
resources right in here to meet the need. We do. We have it right here. And once we activate ourselves and get involved with what he has called us to do, watch this, then more people will come. So the prayer point is not, God, we need more laborers. The prayer point should be, God, send us out. There must come a time when we all must transform our mindset. We got to get to a place where, where we recognize it's not, it's not about, it's not about what, it's not about us, not about what we can get, not about what we can get for ourselves. It's about what need can I meet? In the lives of the people around me. Because there's a real need. And I believe that God created each and every one of us to be a solution to a problem. I, I could be crazy, but I really do believe this. I believe that there are people in this room that are sitting on million-dollar ideas. And because, and because you don't want to put in the work equity, the sweat equity, to research and produce something, you're going to continue living beneath your privileges until you have a mind change. I'm speaking to somebody in this place today. Some of y'all hate Monday mornings. But you've been sitting on that idea for the last five years. And you ain't produced not one competitive research, not a business plan, nothing. When are we going to realize that a change needs to happen and it has to start with us? God, God is trying to get us to a point when we can release the leader that's within us. Watch this, and then I'm done because y'all looking at me crazy. Let me give you my last point. He, he says this, and if, if you want to release the leader that's within you, he says, watch this. Pray to determine what action could meet the need. Pray to determine. This is why the problems that we have get worse because we don't have a lot of people praying before they start acting. We got more people reacting and very few people responding. See, there's a difference. I believe that even with what we're facing today in our world, there should be a response. And our, our response should first be to prayer. Because I believe that, that, that God is, is wiser than all of us. And he will show us how to respond when our first response is prayer. I believe there needs to be something that happens. See, see what happens is our flesh jumps out ahead of us. And we need to begin operating spirit over flesh. See, there is, in the natural, let me just give you this. I, I, didn't, I didn't even intend to go here, but let me just go here real quick. There is an upper you and a lower you. Are okay, let me talk to you all over here. There is an upper you and a lower you. Do, do y'all, y'all know I love the Olympics. I talk, We did a whole series on it. But, but do y'all remember, remember the race when uh, the girl was running and everybody got mad because she, 
through herself because the rules say as long as the upper you crosses over the finish line, then you win. See, some of us are trying to do too much with our lower self. And we're missing the fact that God is trying to get our upper self in line and in order. See, 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 see the lower self, you know, if you, if you cut off my lower self, I can still be alive. But you cut off that upper self, you're going to die. It's over. That's why there's so much emphasis on getting your upper self together than your lower self. He says in this word, I wish above all things that you do what? Prosper and be in good health. Even as your, so what he's saying is, see, I want your lower self to be good. But don't let that supersede your upper self. I want your physical man to be intact, but let me make sure that your spirit man is the one that's strong and in charge first and foremost. Let's make sure that we get this mind in order that we adopt the mind of Christ before we try to do things for our fleshly desires. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So when the girl began to run, when she began to run, everybody got mad because she dove. Let me tell you something. Wasn't nothing wrong with that. She made sure that her upper self got over to win the race. And let me tell you something. That's what you need to do. You need to make sure that your upper self is getting to the place where God wants it to be. And stop worrying about your lower self. See, your lower self is your flesh, your pride, your ego, all those things that really won't matter. But if you can just keep your mind on Jesus. As a matter of fact, the word of God says, I look to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. If I can just get my upper self to be in alignment with what my upper God is saying, I won't have to be so concerned with the things of this world because everything that's down here is not doing me a bit of good, but as long as I keep on rising, as long as I keep on lifting my eyes, as long as I keep lifting my head up to the hills, as long as I keep ascribing to the things that God wants me to do, he's going to lift me up, he's going to take me over, he's going to make sure that I have everything that I need to have met. He said that my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory which is in Christ Jesus and where is Christ Jesus? He's high and lifted up. His train is filling the temple. As a matter of fact he's seated at the right hand of the Father making provisions for me that I don't even know of. And he's doing it right now. Well, we got to adjust our mind. He said it like this. Paul, Paul picks it up, and he says it like this. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those. Well, let me back it up. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then be not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your what? Of your mind. Because it's in your mind that you approve that thing that which is good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. See, in your mind, though you may mess up in your lower man, your upper man is being renewed every single day. The upper man begins to tell you his mercies are renewed every morning. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And then he begins to tell you, there's therefore not no condemnation to those who are what? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has done what? Made us free. You are free today. See, it's your lower man that keeps telling you, no, you're still in bondage. No, you know what you did last night. You know what you did this morning before you even came to church. And you're up there lifting your hands, talking about Christ before you, Christ behind you. But what about you in the middle? See, let me tell you something. 
See, that's the enemy trying to play on your mind. You got to put that, put that joke in its place. Bible says he comes as a roaring lion. He's not the lion. Come on. We serve the lion of Judah. See, all the devil is is a copycat. Come on, somebody. And there's nothing I can't stand more than somebody trying to be somebody else. We already got one of them. We don't need another one. Go sit down somewhere. Be who God called you to be. Let me tell you something. I, I try. I try being other people. It don't work. <laughs> and then you get talked about. And I don't like nobody talking about me, Kenya. I don't like nobody talking about me. Be yourself. But you only get there when you release the leader that's within you, that God has placed in there. He has uniquely, wonderfully made you to be who you are. Let me tell you something. Came into the office this week and grabbed past you. I said, come on, man, let's go. Started driving around this city. Heart began to just break. I mean, my heart began to just break. As we drove up and down these first five blocks of the city, went down Florence, went down Louise, went down Easton, went down Moss. Moss, beautiful. But then you got so many other blocks further down that, I mean, you see homes that are just abandoned or they look abandoned, but people are really living. I mean, and I said, man, there's a real need in this city. God has placed us here, I feel, to be an answer. Somebody has to say, you know what? Let's do something about this. There has to come a point in time when a leader gets released to say, we're going to make sure that something gets done. I believe that's what God is calling for this church to be and to do. Come on, let's stand to your feet. I'm, I'm done. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.